no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we give our week two observations from Bears training camp and much, much more. A-Dub, what's a good word, fam? Man, everything good with me, Prez, man. I was sitting back watching Remember the Titans, baby. Remember the Titans. That is such a good movie, man. Such a good movie. Classic. Denzel. Hey, man, we think about footballing. Get into that mode. That's one movie that'll do it to you. Hey, I remember the first time I saw that Joker, man. I was, uh, watching it with my aunt, and uh, she was like, you need to sit down and watch this movie. And I was like, what's it about? She's like, football shit, and then she had me. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and I said, that <laughs> we watched that Joker twice, man. That was, that was such a good movie. Took care of business in that movie. But you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the movie, and this is like something that I think that in this day and age today we need to really get back to, is just the fact that that team was about a team. It transcended race. It transcended politics. It transcended everything. At the end of the day, it was like they all they all had one common goal and one common mission, and that was the win, and they did. And along the way, they learned to understand each other, their different cultures, because we're all different, right? And so Absolutely. that movie, to me, in a sense, was like, man, I wish that's how people operated today. Listen, we got the same mission. We may not agree on politics. We may not agree on this. We may not agree on that, but damn it. Can we just work to just be good people, <laughs> you know, just for the betterment of the generations that are going to follow us? So, I don't know. That that movie was a dope movie. It was just a lot of things in that movie. When you watch it, you're just like, damn, it's a lot of powerful messages. So, good shit. Yeah, I, I like how you said that, Perez. You're right. A lot of powerful message and bring that unity together the way the coaching staff did. Uh, I, it was brilliant, man. And you're right, Perez. A lot to learn from that movie. Well, man, listen, audience, we're going to get into it because – your boy Prince is out there in that sweltering heat. Oh, my God. It was so hot out there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I believe you, man. That heat, no joke, as we talked about last episode, man. It's coming hard, baby. Nah, yeah. But you know what? We got a little reprieve this week coming through. But as far as week two last week, I want to just kick things off by talking about what everybody wants to hear us talk about. That's Tevin Jenkins. Now, A-Dub, Tevin Jenkins was in my ass. We talked about week one. But he finally returned to practice on Saturday, man. Now, he did a lot of one-on-one -on -one work, little individual drills on the side. But we still didn't get much information, A-Dub, on what exactly was going on with him. Just, we're still hearing this undisclosed injury. When we spoke to Tevin after practice, he didn't want to really get into the details of it. But obviously right now, the, the team is trying to ramp him back up because he missed a decent amount of time. But that's the biggest topic that's going on right now with this well it's one of the biggest topics going on with the team right now but i want to get your thoughts on it adep because we heard a lot of shit from the bears are fielding trade offers for the guy people are questioning this guy's commitment they were saying he has maturity issues so i want to get your thoughts man on just some of this news that was swirling around about tevin jenkins from last week yeah there's a lot of news floating around but what, what was important to me was just hearing tevin jenkins speak on it himself right and you were there, of course, in the press and hearing what he had to say. And 
even though he didn't, didn't disclose the injury, you know it was bothering him because he talked about, you know, having his uh, fiance as somebody he speak to about things and how life is hard, right? Even we talk about the trade thing. So it's a lot of pressure on him, man. And I think he's feeling a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, you know, so this is my thing. And, and I'm very, very hesitant to really go in on the guy. My only thing with Tevin is I just wanted him to step up because I was looking during the OTAs and I'm just like, bro, you getting switched around and reps with the second yeah. team. And I'm like, hey. As a rookie, fifth rounder, that I was very high on, as everybody knows. But we're seeing yep. all these things that are going on around him. I'm like, bro, what happened? Did you fall out of favor? So he was the guy, as you remember, when I said when training camp kicks off, he was one of the guys that I wanted to see rise to the occasion. And then what probably happens? He misses seven straight practices with an undisclosed injury. And it opens up that opportunity for people to, to start making all these guesses about what's going on and starting to question his motivation. And, and, and you know, and, and so for me, I don't want to really do that. I would hate to think that this guy doesn't want to, to compete. I really hope that's not the case. I know a lot of people feel that way. I'm still high on Tevin, man. I just, you know, you know how I'm operating, Dub. I just expect my football players, especially on my favorite team, if you're a second-round draft pick and we gave up assets to get you, bruh, I need you to show us the player that we all know you could be. But when you got an injury that's causing setbacks, that does will you mentally, right? And I think another setback injury is probably, you know, got this guy thinking that, hey, many different things. Am I ready for football? Can I do this, right? I'm not saying he doesn't want to play. I'm just saying that that mental aspect of it that you and I always talk about gets to you. So I hope this guy can bounce back. But he got a long way to go, man. You missed that much time. Yeah, but you know, end up because of all the injuries and things that we've seen on this offensive line, you know, there is a situation where Tevin still may have a shot. You know, and that and that's the thing. I've been, I'm really interested to see this week in practice where he lines up and kind of how things go as they continue to wrap him up. But I would just say right now. He's got an opportunity. Everything's open, right? He's got to go out right. there and compete. And that's exactly what Coach Eberflus is saying, that, look, the door's still open. Go and make the best of it. So you got to go out there and play your best and show this coaching staff what you're capable of doing. I mean, on, on the, at the at – the, when I see Eberflus and how he is out there on the practice field, everything's intense. Everything's fast-paced. He obviously is changing the culture there. We, we don't need to retrace anything that happened with the last regime. We know right. that there's a clear distinction on how Maddie Refus wants to run things, right? And so right. some guys on the team are going to have to step up. They're going to have to understand that the country club atmosphere, that shit's gone. It's over. <laughs> it's completely over, for sure. And that's why you've been hearing Refus that you and I talked about preaching, hey, compete, compete, compete. Because, okay, let's just look at it real quick with this offensive line. Braxton Jones looks like he's like the favorite there at left tackle. Every practice I've been at, the guy's been over there solid. Riley Reef looks like he's going to settle in at right tackle, but Larry Borum has still been splitting reps with him. And I'm still uh, one of these people that I think Larry Borum is going to have a bright future in the NFL. So it's one of those things, though, what's going to happen here is Riley Reef, they paid a lot of money to come in here. He's going to start in one of those tackle positions. When I look at Braxton Jones, I'm wondering, damn, the organization probably has a lot of faith in this kid potentially. If they're thinking that maybe he could be the guy that can line up and left tackle on September 11th, bro. But I'm telling you, 
every practice I'm at, that guy's taking those first team reps over there. What you're trying to tell me right now, Prince, is that every rep counts, man, pretty much. If Braxton Jones is already looking like the favorite, we already know the vets have done they, they career-wise. It's like this is competition's heating up even more, man. And I just have no idea which one I'm going to come out on top right now because you're right, Braxton Jones seems to be the guy right now who knows what else the others can do. So the reason why I brought that up, though, is because one of the things that we've talked about on the show and I brought up the chance that maybe Tevin Jenkins could move to guard. Because if you look at that right guard position right now, you got Michael Schofield, who we signed right before camp started, and Jatai yep. Carter. Those guys have been splitting reps while Sam Mustafa has been seeing time at center while Patrick is out. So let's just say, let's assume that Lucas Patrick returns back in time for the regular season. Then we have to think, okay, then what's going to happen with Sam Mustafa? Is he going to go back to the mix over there at right guard? So that's what I just want to make sure that we're just kind of looking at this whole situation. I do not want the Bears to give up on Tevin Jenkins. The guy's got talent. If there's some things that he needs to clean up maturity-wise, if that's the case, okay, cool. That's why you have player development people on this staff to work right. with him. Isn't that why Wiley Jr. was brought in here? Because he was brought in here with the mindset of working with someone from a mental standpoint. Okay, so let that guy earn his salary. He's going to have to earn his salary on this team because we heard a few players that talked about mental things in the past, right? You know, you know, your boy Montgomery talked about it, right? Right. And he went through. And now, Tevin Jenkins, right? How he's going through some things, man. So you can tell, because he said life is hard, right? Even talking about trade and things of that nature, that I spoke on a little bit earlier. But the fact is, these players go through so much trying to play, man, play football. And it's a lot weighing on these guys, players, on these um, players. And you see that Tevin Jenkins, I'm not going to call it immature for us, because I don't know what's intent, right? I can't really speak on that piece of it. But well, we're not we're not in the locker room. Help. We're not in the locker right. room. So you know what I'm saying? So you know, but but yeah, and so I do get your point, but I think there's a lot of people out here that they'll be quick to comment on things and they don't really have all the full information. At the end of the day, none of us really know what's going on. And people were thinking that he was clashing with coaches. Well, he went out and said that that wasn't true. All I could do is accept what Tevin Jenkins is saying. At face value. If you're saying that that's not true, cool. You know what I'm saying? He said he wants to be here. He wants to remain here in Chicago. I guess we'll see how he does out there on the practice field because talk is cheap. Exactly. It's all about what you do on that field. So if he come and bring on that field, right now we all just, like you said, Perez, paying attention to how he performed when he's out on that field. So we'll see, man, because one of those things that we, one of the things that we do know, Adel, is that Ryan Poles is going to do whatever it takes to improve this ball club. If he looks at Tevin Jenkins and thinks that he's not a fit for this team, then he's going to do what he feels like he's going to have to do. I just hope that Tevin comes in here and takes advantage of this opportunity. Because like I said, I think he has a ton of potential. You remember us on this show last year, how we were fucking ecstatic. Not only when we traded up to get Justin, but then we went and got Tevin as well, right? right. We were all happy as a fan base. And so I just want people to just keep that same energy and just like not throw a kid away because he has a couple, uh, 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 you know, a couple, couple uh, missteps. You know, things happen. You know, let's let's keep in mind here that we're talking about a 21 or 22-year-old kid. Think about what we were out there doing at 21 or 22-year-olds. We're all fuck-ups. Well, right. speaking about myself. <laughs> I get you on that, man. You're right. You're right. He's young. He's still learning. 
And the good thing, friends, he's surrounded by some nice vets too, who's actually on his team that can actually continue to help him grow. So I think he's still in a good situation. No, he's in a really good situation. Like I said, man, whatever the situation is, he has the support of his teammates because there was a practice I was at last week. He had a nice block that cleared up a nice running lane for the running back, Evans. And after the play, Evans made sure that he went up the tip and after the fact, had him on the helmet. You know what I'm saying? And I love that. That's putting your teammate first, right? That's realizing, you, hey, one of our brothers, man, kind of struggle here. There's a lot of bullshit going around here. I'm going to make sure that he knows that I appreciate him and I'm with him and I'm rocking with him. And that's all you can ask for. Like, when you're on these football teams, the fan base, the media, whatever, we're all outside of that locker room. Within that locker room, man, that's supposed to be a fraternity. And they're supposed to keep that shit in-house. And they're supposed to back up their brothers. And that's what I hope that they do. I hope they put their arms around Tevin and encourage this kid and get the most out of him. I really do. Yeah, I hope so as well. And I believe this team here, the way these players talk, the way they act, they all for that, Perez. They all for each other. But you like seeing some of their unity up front. Just seeing what you just talked about with Tevin Jenkins, getting some love from one of the players. That's dope. So let's keep that encouragement going for this guy. Tevin will get back to himself. Oh, yeah. So that's one of the things from last week. And that's something that we're going to continue to keep our attention on when we're out at Family Fest on Tuesday. A-Dub will make sure that we'll kind of keep an eye on those drills and see how they're ramping him up. So audience, we'll make sure that we get you guys some information on that um, as, as things kind of progress there. But this wide receiver position, A-Dub, last week we saw Byron Pringle go down. We saw Nikhil Harry go down with injury. So Byron Pringle, quad injury, Nikhil Harry, high ankle sprain. A-Dub, this wide receiver position already was one that people were criticizing to say it was one of the worst wide receiver cores in the league. And now we got two guys that we were kind of counting on to be top of that depth chart that are going to miss some time here. Time to be concerned about this wide receiver group. What are your thoughts? Yes, time to be concerned about the wide receiver group. Uh, they're going to miss significant time because these are the guys, right, you want to have that you and I talk about consistency with the quarterback. If they're not playing, that consistency, that chemistry goes out the window. Now you're looking to elsewhere for others to step in, which I'm glad we do have some other nice little pieces that can help. But you were looking for these guys, Brian Pringle and Nikhil Henry, to, um, yeah, Nikhil, um, to play a big role in that. And if they're out, man, that's going to be tough. Oh, no, I mean, they're definitely out. I mean, they're both going to miss some time. Uh, Byron Pringle's going to miss some time. And, and Nikhil Harry with the high ankle sprain, I mean, that's going to be some significant time there as well. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. one of the things that I've been hearing is a lot of Bears fans saying, oh, well, they should go after Rieger. They should go after Will Fuller. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't mind them, like, maybe going after Will Fuller. But at the same time, Will Fuller has not been able to stay healthy in his career. We already got injury issues. You know, so for me, <laughs> I don't want to go sign somebody that's already shown they can't stay fucking healthy. <laughs> I'm with you there, Prince, because health is the most important thing right now for the receiving corp. Who's healthy? Who's ready to play, man? If you're not ready to play, we only bring you on the squad. So I'm definitely with that part of it, man, what you're saying there. And it just sucks, man, because I thought these guys were looking – Impressive, and then an injury hit that just caused some big setbacks. And you're right, you got to go into a different direction if these guys can't go. Well, I don't necessarily know if they were all that impressive, but I think for me, when I look at Pringle, I look at Nikhil Harry, I think that those are guys that, you know, that are up and coming players potentially in the league. And I thought that, especially with a guy like Pringle, well, I think with both of them, they were people that I thought could be intriguing 
targets, low risk, high reward type of players. However, yeah, when I see them getting injured here in training camp like this, this is a setback, and I'm hoping that it's something that doesn't lead to more and more injury concerns over the course of the season. But right now, this wide receiver room wide open outside of Darnell Mooney, right? And a lot of people going into this season was like, well, Byron Pringles will be the clear number two. Well, <laughs> we'll see about that. You know what I'm saying? Bellis yes. Jones. You know, we keep hearing a lot of things about him, and I've seen some good with him as well. He's kind of been nicked up a little bit, right? Right. So now it's like you're looking at a lot of these injuries while it's opening up opportunities for other guys. Equinemia St. Brown has been taking advantage of his opportunities, right? Uh, Tajay Sharp has been taking advantage of his opportunities, A-Dub. So when you kind of look at this, you see it, okay, some other guys are stepping up. However, is that going to be enough? That's the key right there, Prince, is it enough? And for most of us watching this, I don't think it's enough, though. I mean, it's a step in probably the right direction. So I still think the Bears have to decide on, you know, what's next if these injuries, like you talked about, Continue, man, and play out and play out because you're right. When you have an ankle, high ankles issue, man, sometimes that stuff don't go away, man. That can linger. So you kind of wonder about what this is going to do throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, high ankle sprain, that's a dreaded injury. Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, it takes a little bit of time to kind of get back up to speed with that. With that. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I know when I saw him go down, he did have to get helped off the field. So obviously you never want to see that happening with one of your players. That practice was close to the fan base. But like I said, it was one of those things when you saw him get tackled um, in that drill by Eddie Jackson and Nicholas Moreau, I was kind of like, oh, all right. Because it's just never good when you see something like that. Like, he couldn't even put any weight on that. And I'm like, oh, boy. That's tough right there. It really is. The hearing it was just a high ankle sprain, um, that helps you realize that, okay, he can recover from it. But you just hope that even with these kind of setbacks, you know, what that can do for you as well. We talk about playing for the team. What are you missing, right? Do you trust your body? All those different things that come to the mental part of the game. Yeah, but see, for me, when I looked at it, I said, okay, when it, when the news came back that it was a high ankle sprain, that's still a six to probably eight-week recovery time on an injury like that. Yeah. And that's not encouraging for somebody like Nikhil Harry, who was looking to come here to Chicago to restart his career for a fresh start. So that's why right. it's just kind of like a gutting situation when you think about it. Yeah, man, it's a big setback, you ask me, Perez. You're right. That it, it makes you think about, okay, even when he does become healthy, where does he fit into the unit? What's going to happen then? Yeah. But as I mentioned earlier, when I talk about a guy like Equinemia St. Brown, this is a guy that not a lot of people were talking about. Now you get the fans that are all talking about this guy, but they didn't know shit about this guy a year ago when he was on the Packers <laughs> team, not getting much of an opportunity. You know I'm a Notre Dame fan, A-Dub. I go way back with Equinemius to those times. I am yes. very happy that I see Equinemius showing the potential that I saw when he was in college. I mean, one of the big things that I saw about him in Notre Dame, big body, he made plays. And what I'm seeing in practice between him and Justin is they're starting to develop a nice little connection, especially down in that red zone. As I mentioned, you got a big body receiver. He's not making a lot of mistakes out there. And I'll continue to say this, and I'm not going to go on Twitter and, 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 and put up clips of when we're saying all these things. People that listen to this show know what we've been saying this whole time. We don't have to sit up here and market what we're saying on this show. But 
the benefit of Equinemius St. Brown playing at Luke Getz's offense, that's the key right there. And that is going to help Justin. That dude's been in that office for a number of years. And so when it comes to him running routes, not making mistakes, that's all you can ask for. And hopefully that's something that he can pass down to the rest of the receivers in that wide receiver room. Yep. And I like what you're saying about just being at the right place, nowhere to be out on the field, man. And if he continue doing that, oh, man, it can, it can carry over to the to the regular season. So, And the good thing is that him and just the field is getting a good feel for each other. So you kind of like that as well. But as I mentioned, like I said, Tajay Sharp. Now, this is another guy that came in here with something to prove potential. And I thought Saturday's practice, I saw, I liked what I saw to him. You know what I mean? Made some really nice catches out there. So this is what you need. You need guys on that roster to step up. And this is what I think Matt Eberflus, when he had the design of what this team was, is going to look like this season, competition. Guys being able to perform when their numbers called, right? And I thought right. Tajay did a really good job out there, man. I really did. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do this week in practice. Yeah, salute to Tajay, man, taking advantage of the opportunity. So he's trying to show the, the coaching staff that, hey, he can play too. That's what he's trying to show out there, friend. Look, I'm trying to make a name for myself as well and trying to show this team that I can help this team win. So if he's doing that, performing well, Perez, good for him. I hope it continues. I mean, okay, let's look at this wide receiver room, eh, Doug, before we move on. Outside of Mooney, we know, hey, that's the guy. But right. Pringle, Jones, Equinemius, St. Brown. Those are probably the guys that are going to be they're, – they're, those are probably the guys that are going to make this roster. So when the Q Harry having that leg injury, which I'm going to call a significant injury, I mean, that's a six- to eight-week deal, there's two roster spots that are probably going to be available in that wide receiver room. So now – those remaining guys, that I didn't say their names, ain't up. That is an opportunity for those guys to step the game up. Yep. To show, hey, coach, hey, I know we got some men down, but, hey, I'm over here. I'm looking. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So I'm taking advantage of all the chances I can get out here. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But some of my observations from the second week, and I talked about this on Twitter to a, to a, to a short, to a minor degree, but I did bring it up. These practices of the Matt Eberflus have been intense. Last week, I probably witnessed probably two of the most grueling practices that I've ever seen the Bears have. And I mean, I have gone out to Bourbon A back in the days as a fan of the team. And, you know, those practices were kind of like chill. You know what I mean? This right. shit on the Matt Eberflus, mercy. I feel, I feel bad for those players out there. I know I joked about it on last week's show saying, man, I was sitting out there in the bleachers and sweating my ass off. But I legit felt bad for those guys out there because he had those dudes going at it. The pace was hectic. The heat was coming down. But I'll tell you one thing, if nothing else, he's going to have a team that's going to be mentally tough and they're going to have that fucking stamina out there because I'm telling you, bro, he kept them moving. They were going. They were going. If your team got that and ready for that, you you in good shape, man. I think Iberflu's not playing around. He said this team the hell and back. So one of the things that I really like, and this is one that, and I, I don't want to really get too much into the last regime, but in the practice periods with the last regime, there was a lot of standing around. There wasn't a lot of hustling from drill to drill or from period to period. That ain't the case under this new regime. They're getting the most out of these practice periods. And that's something 
that not only the team's got to get used to, but I think the fan base and the media is going to have to get used to the pace of things. He's really trying to focus on making sure that his team is ready and prepared. You know what I'm saying? Even Eddie Jackson, he said you can do two things. You can either tap out, stop, crack, and play, or you can step up. And he said no one's tapped out. And I like what I'm hearing out of Eddie Jackson. I like what I'm seeing out of him on the practice field, A-Dub, because when I'm looking at a guy like Eddie Jackson, he realizes, hey, this is my last opportunity here. And he's showing me that he wants to be here. He's showing me that he wants to be great. And so I love to hear that. I love to hear Cole commit saying, hey, these are the hardest practices I've ever been a part of. Because, again, that shows us that that country club mentality bullshit is gone. But I like the fact that they're playing hard. Coach holding the players accountable, and they are responding. That's something you can salute right there. Fair enough. Now, one of the other things that I want to talk through about, because there was a lot of debate going on on Twitter about the offense. And listen, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this show. We know that this offense is going to be a work in progress. And that's what we're seeing in these practices. It's not unheard of to understand that an offense that's new, a new it's not unheard of that a new system for a second-year quarterback in a league in Justin Fields, may have some struggles. They're grasping a new scheme. You know, so it don't click just right away. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. You got a lot of people that are sitting here, they're watching the practice, they see some footballs hit the ground, they may see some plays where they're like, ah, the quarterback, he's not making accurate throws. Hey, this sport is about timing. It's about chemistry. It's about rapport. These are things that they're still developing. Understanding where your guy's going to be at, having trust and belief that they're going to be where they're supposed to be. These these things all take time. Yeah, it does take time, Prince. And you had a good point. People are just blaming the quarterback. You got to look at some partnership really with it. Did the, did the run did the wide receivers run the right route, right? Or run it correctly? You know, because sometimes their timing is off, right? That can hurt the, the pass play. So it's like, yeah, you just can't just blame Justin Fields on any of these missed opportunities there. So it, Again, the chemistry part of it, of course, that's something they're working towards. And you're right, Perez, this is a new system, man. we got to get used to it, let the guy continue to develop in it. So it's not going to happen overnight. I'm glad that the secondary not playing any games with it. They're going to give Justin Fields as much um, of a headache as they possibly can to help them grow. So at the end of the day, that's what's all about. You can't get too hung up on it. No, you can't. Because as we were mentioning earlier about the offensive line, A-Dub, that's also another thing that we have to take into consideration. The offensive line, in addition to the offense, is also a work in progress, man. They've been experimenting with different groupings. Date back right. to the spring. We've talked about it, right? And the first two weeks of training camp hasn't been anything different. Now, at some point, they're going to have to lock into a certain grouping, and I'm wondering if that time should be coming up here pretty soon. But, like, right, right now, they have a long way to go even trying to figure that stuff out. They got a lot of work to do. <laughs> People forget that it's a lot of work. You got to remember where we're coming from, right? It's a lot of work that right. has to be established here, man. And people forget that we had so many question marks coming into this season before we start to shape things up, before Ryan Poles did all what he had to do to try to upgrade this team. It was a lot. So let's see how it shape out. It's going to take some time, man. Yeah, because right now, as I mentioned earlier, Braxton Jones – the organization seems to be pretty high on him. Like I said, man, I've been impressed with what I've seen from him out there. I'm not surprised. I talked to the audience about this in yep. the draft period before everybody else jumped on the on the bandwagon. I see a lot of that shit on Twitter where people now want to act like they were high on Braxton Jones. Well, you guys show us the proof that you were high on him when it mattered because I was high on this guy back in draft time when we saw him down at the senior bowl. But again, exactly. A-Dub, 
We're not going to be on, on Twitter sending clips in and reminding people. Those that know, they know. But my point you know. by <laughs> saying that is it doesn't surprise me that Braxton Jones has emerged. I think it says a hell of a lot about him that this coaching staff is high on him. I think it says a hell of a lot about Ryan Poles that his first draft class, he's going to potentially have three to four guys that's going to start. When you think about Brister, when you think about Gordon, potentially Braxton Jones, Melvin Jones probably going to have significant playing time this season. And not a bad first draft class for Ryan Poles, a guy who the fan base has definitely gone after a lot this offseason. Like you said, especially you have three starters come out that draft class. That's dope. And they can continue to hold it down and show the fan base exactly what they're capable of doing and doing very well. At it. So salute to Ryan Poles on that note. I just hope the players continue to pan out. Cody Whitehair, probably to lock it and left guard. I would probably bet damn near my uh, my house on that one. Sam Mustafer, emergency backup plan there since Lucas Patrick is out. Showfield, right guard. And as I mentioned earlier, Riley Reef over there, right tackle, with Borum rotating in. Listen, audience, Larry Borum is going to be a very important player for this franchise. So even if there's a situation where this season where Riley Reef may end up starting, I guarantee you going forward, Larry Borum is going to be a very important piece on this Bears team. He's still going to get some reps in, I believe, right, throughout, throughout the season. It's not like, hey, if he doesn't start, that's the end of it. No, these guys are still going to play. And I think that's one thing you like about this whole rotation. You're like, hey, these guys can play multiple positions that you and I talked a lot about. So it's like, hey, at the end of the day, for us, they all in good situations, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much rotating they're going to do when the season starts. I mean, I think you're going to have whoever's going to be out there out there unless someone gets hurt. But I'm thinking right now they're still kind of giving other guys reps. But at a certain point and a certain time, you can't have all that switching in and out. You got to have continuity. Yeah. You got to find your best five and roll with them. And I think that time is coming up close here. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we have the, you know, family fest this week. We have the game against the Chiefs. We'll be in the building for both. And we'll kind of see how these things kind of round to the floor. But I think it's, get, it's getting kind of close to the time that we need to go after yeah. continuity and make sure that we have everything in place. The clock is ticking. Yep. Now, Tristan Ebner. This is another guy that you and I talked about during the offseason. Through the first two weeks of training camp, when I look at my notebook, First week, I had, like, some check marks by him. Happened again here in week two. The guy's been consistently making plays. And I always talk about it on this show. During training camp, it's important to make sure guys are stacking really good practices together. And that's what he's doing. His speed and playmaking ability has been on full display, bro. And I really like what I've seen out of him. He catches the ball out of that backfield really, really great. He's an explosive player and that's something that I really enjoyed or something it's something I really enjoyed seeing because that was a a, a dynamic that we had when Terry Cohen was here right and right. I think Tristan Ebner is going to bring a little bit of that juice to that backfield very explosive player man man that back that room looks good man you got some talent back there so <laughs> I mean everyone wants to play right but man they got some tough decisions to make with how much Playing time for anyone out there, but you're right, Chris. I like what we see so far. Not sure what's going to happen due to see during the season with them, but man, yeah. I mean, th this is my thing. Right? <laughs> I just have to just you know preface things you know a certain way. But right now, we have David Montgomery clear number one. Yeah, Khalil yeah. Herbert, a very great solid number two back there. True. But 
I would not rule out anything when it comes to Tristan Ebner getting some snaps out there on the field this season because he has an ability that those other two guys, you know, they may, it might not be the strokes to their games. Well, he brings that in there. Maybe on third yeah, right. down, you bring a guy like that in on the field in a situation where you maybe throw a screen. And I know all this. I just sent a screen pass. I know that the last regime, didn't, they didn't fucking know what a screen pass was. <laughs> I've seen so many screens out there in Hallis all these last couple of weeks. So my point is, on third down, you can bring a guy like out there, throw a screen pass, let him make a couple moves and get out of space. So my thing is, I wouldn't rule anything out. There's an opportunity for this kid to carve out some snaps early in the season. His speed, the way he runs, how he runs, that's different from the other two guys we have, man, um, who've been holding it down. So, yeah, he gives us a different identity, man, different look. So if that works out in the season, I'm all for it, baby. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Now, one of the other observations that I had, and it's one at that linebacker position. Now, this is a position where we're looking at, like, okay, Roquan, Nicholas Moreau, Hands down, those are your, your two main guys there, weak side right. and also at the middle linebacker. But right now, we don't know who's going to be those Sam linebackers or who's going to be the Sam linebacker. Dub. So one of the things that I've been kind of keeping an eye on is how does Matt Adams look? Now, this is a guy that was brought in here from the Colts. A lot of people presumed that he was going to be the favorite guy. But, man, last week, I feel like Joe Thomas has definitely closed the gap on him. And this is a guy that I saw – making some really good plays out there. I mean, honestly, Adams may probably still even get the job, but Joe Thomas is going to make him fucking earn that shit, bro. <laughs> you got to love that right there. Hey, he coming out for opportunity, man. He want a chance, and This is a chance for him, so he's going to make it as difficult as possible. Yeah, because the thing that I've noticed about him is, first of all, every time that there's like a turnover or, or a play where the defense is making an impactful thing, more than likely he's somewhere in the mix. So I've seen yep. that happening. He's been knocking balls out. He's been making interceptions. He's been doing the scoop and score. So honestly, right now, I really like what I'm seeing from him. And also at the same time, Matt Adams is making plays too. So my thing is, these two guys both are pushing each other. And that's what Matt Eberflus wants on the team. Competition. And you're seeing that in some of these vital position groups. And that's what you love to see right there, Perez. Both of them pushing each other, like you're saying, man, to try to make an impact. So, hey, this is this is about keeping both of them on their toes. And, hey, whatever you're going to get, you're going to earn. Now, one of the things do I want to do, I do want to talk about. So we only talked about the injuries that were going on with the wide receivers, right? There's a lot of things going on right there. But there's some other guys that are injured right now. Uh, Kyler Gordon has been blue nicked up. Thomas Graham Jr. has missed some time with the hamstring. He obviously is in a competition with Tavon Young there for that, that nickel spot. Tavon Young was a little nicked up this week. Duke Shelley. Kendall Vildor, he had like a little couple of nicks, but he actually did practice on Sunday. But my biggest thing is now when I'm looking at this nickel corner spot, this nickel corner spot, A-Dub, and the fact that Thomas Graham Jr. hasn't been practicing, he's losing ground to Tavon Young. We've also seen situations where they've been putting Kyler Gordon at the nickel and they've been pushing Vildor outside. So they're doing a lot of clever little combinations with that secondary right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how things line up because Kyler Gordon has gone on and said over and over again, A-Dub, that he loves playing in that slot. Right. No, that's just key right there, Perez, the way they're mixing things up. And I just kind of feel bad for my boy, Thomas Graham Jr. Because, you know, I talked a lot about him already, Prez, and what I was expecting out of him. But to get hurt, it's a setback, man. But seeing how they're moving people along um, and other people getting the opportunity to play, 
that's dope too because I mean this only can help other players to come in and do their job effectively. But I would just say this: I, I mentioned his name earlier. He's a guy that I told everybody during the draft period is going to be the best player in this draft class, Jaquan Brisker. Yep. Must see TV, bro, and, and try to catch. <laughs> I cannot wait to the fan base gets to see him against the Chiefs, brother. Ball hawk, ball hawk, ball hawk. The motherfucker, he's do he's so physical out there. Instincts are just like off the charts. There's every there's look. I'm looking at my notebook right now. Every practice that I have notes on, I'm just putting like asterisks by something that he did. And he's either forcing a turnover, getting his hand on the ball. A-Dub, he's going to be a problem for opposing defenses here in 2022. I went out on the land, Prez. You heard me when I said, I said he's going to be a pro bowl. Now, people may look and say, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, just a rookie. Hey, man, he got all the gifts right there, Prez. I hope it panned out that way. But, man, so far, so good. Yeah, he, hey, loser. I mean, yeah, some people may have thought that might have been a little extra. But we'll see. You know? <laughs> we'll see. You know? Hey, if it happens, I'll love it. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think that I, I don't want to put that much pressure on them. But, shit, if it happens, it happens. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we haven't seen that happen in this town before. Mark Carrier, from my old school Chicago Bears fans, not you casuals out there, Mark Carrier is a rookie, safety in this NFL. Did make the Pro Bowl. So it can happen. When I look at a guy like Jaquan Brisker, why can't he be in the conversation? So, hey, Dub, I like how you put that out there. We shall see what happens, my guy. We will see, bro. But guess what? The way this guy plays for us, it would not shock you at all. No, nah, man, he's a competitor, man. I love that. I love having that on the team. I told you, dude, when I saw him playing at Penn State, and I saw how he talked about the reason why he plays football. He talked about his brother, how he throws up the L. Bears fans, pay attention. Now you're going to see him throwing up the L for his brother this season out there on the field. This kid yep. has a why. That's a dangerous combination with somebody that wants success, that's going to be willing to do it, and he's got something inside of him that people don't even understand. And I know everybody wants to talk about the dog. Yeah, he got the dog in him, but he got some other shit in him, too. He got some substance. <laughs> For real, friends, he got that in factor here, man. And you hit a good point. You said a guy playing with a purpose, man. Man, that's that's key right there. He knows what he want to do, man, why he's doing it. Man, look, that is deep right there, friends. And I, I tell you, man, that's a dangerous cat for real, bro, for real. No one want to mess with that guy come the season. No, no, you, do, you don't want to mess with that. Now, one quick point that I want to touch on before we get out of here. Now, I know we talked about the offense and some of his shortcomings. A lot of people are kind of making some comments about Justin Fields. I even saw with Clay Harbor. Yeah, I'm going to call him out by his name. I don't usually do that on the <laughs> show. But I saw when my man was sitting here trying to compare Jalen Hurts to Justin Fields and saying that Jalen Hurts is basically almost kind of trying to say that he's miles ahead in his development of where Justin Fields is. And I'm like, well, Clay, I respectfully disagree with you because how are we going to compare the two situations? You can't. Jalen Hurts has been in the NFL longer than Justin. Facts. Justin's rookie year here in Chicago was a shit show with what he had to deal with. He was criminally underused, put in bad situations. So you can't compare the two. So my whole thing is, you sat up here, you came to a week of practices, and this is the clown-ass fucking observations that you made about our quarterback. Keep Justin Fields' name out of your fucking mouth, okay? We got it. We believe in our quarterback. We know what it is over here in Chicago. We also know what this kid's going to be able to do 
once he's surrounded by a scheme, players, and basically the full support of the organization. Once all those things align, shit, sky's the limit. Hey, friends, you said it better than I said it, man. Uh, you're right. The sky's the limit. He got to get Justin Fields a fair shot at this. And I don't think the criticism was fair on Justin Fields. This guy going to be kicking himself when he see how well Justin Fields is able to play down the road. He's going to regret what he had to say. Well, I hope Justin Fields read that shit because that's the thing. There's a lot of people out here with these blue checks that I don't know how y'all get these blue checks. You motherfuckers will say anything for clout. And I'm sick of it. There's got to be accountability for people to just say every, whatever, the, whatever the fuck they want for clout, for, to try to get people uh, engaging on their tweets. Can you just be responsible and just report on things the way that they are and stop doing all the extra shit? I'm sick of it. And I hope Justin's reading this shit, and I hope he comes away motivated from it, which I'm sure he will be. He probably don't even need that shit for motivation, but I'm just saying I hope that he saw it. I really do. Because there's a lot of people out here, not only just in the media, but the fan base has been running their mouth saying, oh, Justin, he's an inaccurate quarterback. Shut the fuck up. It's training camp, bro. Get out of here. The only <laughs> thing that I will ever remotely say about Justin is that his decision-making has to be better. That's it. And that's not a criticism. That's just an observation. Right. But to sit here and trying to say that he's an inaccurate quarterback, to sit up here trying to compare what Jalen Hurts is doing to Justin Fields, that's a terrible take. Shut your mouth, sir. It's like... You hit it going to head when you say, hey, Perez, these are two different situations. Come on, man. You got to relax. Observe Justin Fields, see what you see, and talk about that. Now, lastly, we talked about Justin a lot. As much as I don't like talking about the old regime, one thing that did come out of last week's media availability that it really just pissed me off when I heard Darnell Mooney say this, but I've been really impressed with how honest and open that he's been. Because a lot of times, a lot of these players, they're going to give you the cliche and they're going to just, you know, kind of tell you some bullshit. He's opened up and he's been super honest. Darnell Mooney told us that Nagy's coaching staff never worked on the scramble drill. And he said that's <laughs> been much different this year. I've seen it out there. They have definitely run that. But how the fuck is that even possible that you didn't even run a fucking scramble drill last year? How the fuck does that not happen? I don't the, get the it. Problem, the problem is they had no intentions on starting Justin Fields. We know what Justin Fields' assets is, one of them. He, he's, his mobility, right? Gets out of that pocket, man, and makes some things happen. Scrambling-wise. Well, if you don't practice on that, you pretty much say, hey, Andy Dalton, this is all you, man. Elf the rest, you know? And I think they've done Justin Fields a disservice by even doing that. Actually, they've done everybody a disservice by doing that. But now I'm glad they're working on it. This puts uh, the players in situations where they can be more effective and be able to understand Justin Fields a lot better when he's on the run. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, that's why I didn't like Clay Harbor's comments because I'm like, bro, you're not taking into account everything because you don't know. You know what I'm saying? That's right. why when I was a kid and my grandma, my mom, and the elderly people in the family they would tell me to stay out of grown folks' conversation. Well, Clay Harbor, you need to stay out of grown folks' conversation because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> exactly. I don't think he realized how bad it really was. When you say it was a shit show, I don't think people realize that, friends. They think about it when they talk about just the fields. Do you realize what he actually went through last season? Do you even know how he even started? Like, go back and do your homework first, right? But the seed of growth of where Justin Fields is at now, Perez, is like, wow. He's growing a lot, though, man, since last season. No, he really has. And I, I love to see the growth. And 
he's only going to be better for what he went through last year. So at the end of the day, he'll be a better quarterback from it because I'm sure when he now is in this Luke Getzey scheme, he's probably walking away from this thing like, man, this is a quarterback-friendly scheme. Whatever you guys want me to do, I'm going to do because the shit that they had me doing last year, boy, that shit was sure wasn't working. <laughs> and that's, that's the key right there, friends. When players know, hey, you call this play, it ain't going to work. No, it, it definitely does. Uh, so, Moody, I appreciate his honesty out there. I also heard that he's been attending the quarterback meetings. I think that's great. How many wide receivers are you here that's doing that? That's just showing that he wants to understand what they're saying and what they're talking about. That's only going to just make him have even more of a breakout season. So that got me fired up. Watching Cole commit out there and practice week in and week out, A-Dub, he's fucking been awesome out there. He has not lost a one-on-one rep all camp. And I can't wait to see how he looks out there at Family Fest. I can't wait to see him on the field against the Chiefs. I think Cole Komet is going to be one of the biggest keys to this offense in 2022. This kid looks great out there. And you and I talked about the tight ends, Spurs. Remember, we are like, hey, everyone's talking about the wide receivers. Don't forget about a guy like Cole Komet who can really thrive in this type of situation here. And you and I both got high hopes for him. And one of the things that I have really appreciated about Matt Eberflus is the fact that he's not going to anoint guys. You and I talked about that earlier in the offseason. He's just not going to do it. He wants pure starter competition. He wants guys to earn their spots. You saw that he didn't do that with Jalen Johnson. He didn't anoint him. He's like, look, I want to see it. <laughs> I heard good things about <laughs> you, but I have to see it. And I like that. It's nothing wrong with that. Because, hey, you and I, in our, in our careers, A-Dub, we have to prove ourselves constantly, continuously. And you want someone that wants to push you to continue to be the best version of yourself. And when I look at Matt Eberflus and what he wants out there, he wants a tough football team, but he wants them to play fast. And I'm okay with that, man. I'm okay with them dictating the pace on teams this season instead of allowing the pace to be dictated to us. So we out there hunting. That's what he wanted. You want to go out there hunt, man. You want to go in attack mode. I love it, Perez. This is a whole different type of identity than we saw last year. I know I hate to go back on that part of it, but man, I just get a great joy out of just hearing it and you talk about it, man, because that is so different than what we've seen the past few years. No, it really is. Last observation. Ryan Poles, man, I, and I know some people may not like this, but man, he's really hands-on as a GM. There's been some times out there in practice I see him come down to the middle of the field. Now, I don't know how Matty Refus feels about that. That could be something interesting to watch down the road. But right now, I see a GM that's heavily invested in the product out there on the field. Hey, man. Ryan Poles, want to make sure you understand. Want to make sure you see what we got. What we got on that field. How is it looking? How is it going? Because you know how Ryan Poles probably thinking, like, hey, but I need to make some more changes down the road. Hell, is in my realm of, of doing. So. Like I said, we'll see how that goes. We'll see if Eberflus is going to be good with that. or Because some head coaches, they want the football part in the, in, the, in the playing field, the practice field. They want that to be them. You know, some coaches don't want the GM meddling. So right now we see that they have a good working relationship. But that's just something I want to bring up because I just noticed that, man, Ryan Poles is very hands-on with this team. But we'll see. It probably is, you know, not probably not a big deal to Eberflus yet. But – as this right. thing continues on, you never know how that can evolve. But audience, A-Dub and I are fired up about this week. We're going to be covering Family Fest here this week. We're going to be at the game on Saturday. Very fired up. I can't wait to see them play against the Chiefs. And I'm just hoping to see – I'm really looking forward to seeing A-Dub 
How many reps do starters get in this game, especially that offensive line, bro? Yeah, that's going to be key right there for us, the offensive line. But also going to be key to me as well. I want to see how things work out with the running backs and tight ends as well. Just want to see how it all come together for us. And honestly, I would I hope that Justin plays at least that whole first quarter. I want to see a lot of Justin Fields in that first game. I just want to see how he looks out there. So to piggyback off of what you're saying, how he's working with those running backs and tight ends. But I really want to make sure that that offensive line group, I want to see those guys get a ton of reps because I think they need to get a lot of work. Those live <laughs> reps are going to be very important for a lot of people out there. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what we see there on offense. But also, too, do we look organized? Do we look close yeah. to it? Because one of the things that I, I said, the offense has looked a little sloppy at times. Not the whole time, but at times. So I want to see how they look on, on, on Saturday. I'm with you, Perez. Get out there and work together, man. Try to build something. So, audience, as, as I mentioned, we got a full week here on Slate. Football is back. I'm talking about real football. Shit, now we got games coming up on the calendar. Your boy Perez is fired up over here. Boy, I cannot wait this. We appreciate your continued support of this platform and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're the Bears Centrals, and we are out.